Yes, 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 people. As we start off this two-parter of an echo chamber this week, little Lupe Fiasco. And as we do, we're going to start off with the UK Top 10 for the weekend of the 29th to the 31st of October. So people, at number 10, it's the latest offering from Wes Anderson, people. It's the French Dispatch, which... You know what I mean? It boasts appearances from Bill Murray, Cerise Ronan, Adrian Brody, William Dafoe, Elizabeth Moss, Christopher Waltz, you know what I mean? Francis McDormand, um, we got Owen Wilson, Tilda Swinton, Jeffrey Wright, Edward Norton, Belnicio Del Toro, and we've got old Timothy Chalamont, you know what I mean? And a host more, and a host more, right? We talked about this during the 65th BFI London Film Festival. If you want to go back and check that out, you know what I mean? Also, something we uh, went over at the uh, film festival is Ron's Gone Wrong which is our number nine film, people. So this is from directors Sarah Smith, Jean-Philippe Vine, and Octavio E. Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Written by Trevor DeVault, um, Chad Gomez-Creasy, and Peter Beinham. Yeah, you know, so yeah, great. I really enjoyed this. You know what I mean? It's a nice, wholesome little family film. If you liked the Mitchells Be the World, then I think you will like this. We have voice castings from Ed Helms, Zach Galakanikis, Jack Dylan Grazer, Olivia Coleman, Justice Smith, Rob Delaney. Carl Cantrell and a host more. All right, so at number eight, we another one we did at the London Film Festival is the new offering from Edgar Wright. It's last night in Soho, people. You know what I mean? So we got Anna Taylor Joy. Um, you know what I mean, and Tamsin McKenzie doing their thing. Matt Smith is up in there. We have an appearance from Terence Stamp. You know, hey Diana Rick. Yo, this film I enjoyed it, man. Some nice twists. You know what I mean? So yeah, there you go. There you go. Um. We then have people at number seven, Halloween Kills, right? The latest offering in this long-running franchise. Uh, David Gordon Green is our uh, director on this one. You know what I mean? Starring a lot of your favorites. Jamie Lee Curtis returns, 
All right, Carl Richards, Judy Greer, Anthony Michael Hall. Right, right, right. At number six, it is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It's a re-entry, people. You know what I mean? J.K. Rowling wrote it, um, along with Stephen Cloves and Christopher Columbus got behind that camera. You know, I imagine everyone's seen it. But if you want to go back to the big screen to see it, here's your opportunity. Right now, we are into our top five films of the week. So, at number five, people, it's The Boss Baby 2 Family Business. This is from Tom McGrath. Right? Old uh, Alex Baldwin. Right, been acting a bit like a baby, and he's voicing one in here. James Marsden, Amy Sedaris, you know, I mean? Jeff Goldblum, and uh, Eva Langaria, and a host of other people. Right, at number for, for four, it's the Adams Family too. So this is from Greg Treeman and Conrad Vernon. Hey, so we got Charlie's Perron, you know what I mean? Chloe Grace Moratz, Jason Walton, right? Uh, Nick Kroll, Snoop Doggy Dog, Bette Midler, and Bill Hadler, and Oscar Isaacs? Hmm. Right, that's our voice cast. So, <coughs> oh my days, bless me. Right now, we are into the top three, people. Top three. What? So, bringing in the scares, it's Venom. Let there be carnage. Right, the sequel to Venom, and this time around, it's directed by Andy Circus. Obviously, Tom Hardy is back as Eddie Brock, Woody Harrison as Cletus Cassidy, Michelle Williams, you know I mean? she's up in it, Naomi Harris. Yeah, there you go. So, at number two, at number two, people, oh, this was a bit of an odd one. It's June. Oh, Denny Villeneuve's Piece of Magic. Set number two, right? We, he co-wrote it with Eric Ruth and John Sapida. And we've got a tremendous cast. Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaacs, Timothy Chalamet, right? Jason Manoa. Uh, we've got Josh Broden. You know what I mean? Javier Bardem, Stephen McKinley Henderson, Stellan Stansgaard, right? Zianja, Chen Chang, Dave Batista. Woo! Oh my gosh. This film, people, this goddamn film, Sharon Duncan Brewster. Hey, and you know what? We talk about this in part two. Yes, we do. So make sure you go check that one. And the number one film, they switch places, right? It is No Time to Die. Our last bond outing from David Daniel Craig, even, and from directors Carrie Juj Fokamuja. 
So, people, that's our top 10. And, um, yeah, we, um, yeah, fuck it. Let's get into our films. You know what I mean? We got three in part one. So, let's keep this moving, shall we? Let's go. Okay, people, let's get things popping off with our first film, a new Shudder original, Dead and Beautiful. Let's go. So, people, man, we just had a vampire tale and on comes another one. Well, I mean... It makes sense, right? It's that time of year when, yeah, yeah, we we see a glut of, you know, supernatural fare because of Halloween's and uh, firework night. You know what I mean? All the stuff kind of comes out around this time. So, yes, our new vampire tale is dead and beautiful. And it's coming to shudder. <laughs> so what to be expected, you may ask. Well, it is written and directed by David Verbeek. Um, with a little help of Hugh Travers on the writing side. Um, it is produced by Hester... Brunensin, Clear de Conning, Eric Giggins, Sinisa Jurishik, Laya Lulu, Laurentine Petit, Judy Tussle, Hizing Hong Ti, and Vincent Wang. Music is from Roger Renders. Cinematography is Jasper Wolf. Editing is Alex Skovdala Roloffs. Um, yeah, and our main cast. Well, we've got Giggs Bloom, who plays Mason. We've got Avis Zhang, who plays Lulu. Yang Su, who plays Alex Alexander. Anna Markeneko plays Anastasia. And Philip Yon plays Bin Ray. So the gist of the uh, whole proceedings is this. Five rich, spoiled Asian 20-somethings are suffering from upper-class ennui, unsure how to spend their days when so little is expected from them. In search of excitement, the five friends from the circle formed a circle, a group where they take turns designing a unique, extravagant experience for the others. But things go wrong when the privileged, un urbanites awaken after a night out to find they have developed 
vampire fangs and an unquenchable thirst for fresh blood and adventure at any price dum 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 so yeah there you have it people that's the that's the gist of this one and yeah so i don't know right it, it's i mean it starts off and we've got anastasia and lulu now you it's it's put out there like they're a couple um and we had them traveling to the airport to meet friends right because they're going to a chinese funeral dinner for uh yeah a friend of theirs that has died right um it's bin ray so on the way to this dinner though you know a, an old woman kind of steps out in the road and we have this odd confrontation and it you know the way it's shot the way the whole film is shot really it has that kind of eerie odd presence to it you know like something is just about to happen but we're not quite sure what right that's the vibe all the way through with the, with the, the you know the angles and everything like that not too close but not too far away as if we're just on the short shoulder of you know our group so this weird incident happens and um yeah then i get back go to the airport go to the dinner it's not quite what it was expected you know what i mean it's all a little crazy and um you know at this dinner we we kind of you know like isn't these are five rich kids and yeah that's that's what this dinner shows us right and also we, we get this whole thing where it, it it kind of focuses on them and we get their their family house as it were and their monetary value right all of this kind of shoots up to the scene during this sequence so yeah they're silly rich silly rich i mean it is their family's money but you know um and yeah you you get this sense that they're just bored they're bored and they're tired and they're looking for adventure they're looking for that rush that thing to add a value to their lives you know for however long it may be but that they're on this hunt constantly on this hunt for this thing this missing piece of the puzzle but yeah you also get a sense of like it's one of those weird little groups right where a few of them may have got together some of them are pining for ovens and it's just all this weird all this weirdness happening right so even though you think anastasia and lulu are together it's just like who knows man who knows 
But uh, yes, it is. It's Lulu's turn. Oh, well, I think it's an odd one because I, I could have sworn it's Anastasia's turn. But then later on, you kind of like it's presented like it was Lulu's turn. I, I, who knows? Who knows? The film does get a little bit convoluted in places like that. But, you know, they go into the desert, the jungle even, right? And... Yeah, they're met by this weird guy, and this ritual happens, and that's where they wake up with the vampire teeth, right? So, you know, they're, they're worried, they're concerned, and we see them, and you think, okay, these are logical steps, right? The steps that happen at the start, you think that is very logical. Right, okay, this makes sense. You're going in a direction where you think most people would. And, yeah, then it just kind of amps up after that. Now, I would say this film, it's got some interesting ideas. It's definitely got some interesting ideas. Right, one thing at this, I'd say at the beginning when they're talking about Bin Ray, it's just like, oh, look, look at all these things he's trying to do. And so there's these pictures of him trying to push the envelope, you know, going to a restaurant, eating weird animals, right? Which aren't, aren't on any restaurant menu. But if you've got a silly amount of money, you could probably get to eat. You know what I mean? And it's one of them ones. So, yeah, it's just, you know, we're seeing this group always trying to push that envelope. And I, I, I do kind of think that's interesting to an extent, right? The, the value of money and when is money not enough, right? How does money feed us, as it were, on that, you know, mental level, emotional level, esoteric level? All right, I think that's the big thing. Now, I think this is also trying to tell you that, oh, yeah, they rich people sometimes feel guilty about being rich. <laughs> Which, listen... I wouldn't say that's not the case, but I wouldn't say that is a, you know, a generalization, you know, and in a group like this, I would definitely not think all of them would feel the same way, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, trying to amp things up in that Mm, probably last third of the film, because we see some things, you know, like experiments start in the second third. But it it really kind of goes up towards the end. And look, the film, it's not 
crazy long or anything like that. You know, so there, there is that, right? I think it's like an hour and a half, you know, eh, just over an hour and a half, right? So not crazy. But there are these huge periods of just like nothingness. You know, we, we see them go about certain things and interact and do things. But it, 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 I don't know, I didn't feel in engaged with it all, which I do kind of think the issue is because I didn't care about any of the characters, you know, like there's not really a depth to the characters. Now, during the film, we are getting these flashbacks to, you know, Lulu's youth which I guess is meant to kind of show you, oh, she's from this certain background, you know, this happened to her growing up, right? This has kind of helped shape her. But it, like, it's not really enough to add any real depth to her. You know, the, the other characters... There's not really that. Everyone's a bit paper thin. So the only real big thing is they're rich. You know, some of them are maybe a little bit more amped than the others, but that's it. So when all of these things are taking place and everything like that, you're just a bit like, eh. Mm. You know? Now, the film does throw some twists in there, right? There's these twists thrown in, which are all like, ooh. But you're then a bit like, okay, that's fine. But what about, you know, this, this, and this, right? There's certain things that happened that you'd be like, how are you put, how are you passing that off? You know what I mean? How are you passing that off? And then it makes something else that happens towards the end. Real fucking creepy. Real creepy. Um, now, like, that's all you can probably say. Because it's not like it was done... Um, with any force, but yeah, creepy, real creepy, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, and then at the very end, they throw something else out there, which is a little bit like, um, what, you know what I mean, because it then makes you I mean, you'd ask a lot of things, right? There's a lot of things that you would go, okay, now, okay, that, if that is the case, then how, right? 
how <laughs> you and then with all these other things that took place surely you would know or are there other things that aren't like the movies right because there's no parameters you haven't set a baseline so we don't know which then makes you wonder Ah, it's a reach. It's kind of a reach, right? It's kind of a reach because then, yeah, from what we would expect, everything should have been known. So it's an odd one. It's an odd one to, uh, as you say, get your teeth into, but, you know, let's try and stay away from that. I, like, it's very stylish. The film is very stylish, you know. We have, like, yeah, because it's in, in Taipei, right? Um, Taiwan. Uh, so there's a lot of neon buildings and lights and all of this. So we see, um, you know, the cityscape walking around and just all of this going down. And so, yeah, it looks very stylish. The shot of a beach is using, as I said, we've got the kind of enclosed but not too close kind of shot. Then, you know, those, those group shots, people walking down streets, you know, buildings behind, neon behind, just all of this stuff, right? So, yeah, you have that. And that's probably the... The big thing with the film, the look, right? It looks impressive, but it feels very cold. It feels very cold, just like a vampire's heart. But, you know, with nothing else to kind of sustain it, which does seem a shame. You know, probably could have been shorter. But yeah. I don't know, people. Dead and Beautiful wasn't really for me. You know what I mean? Not really for me. But I am sure, I am sure, many, uh, many probably thoroughly enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah, that, that's good. That is a always a good thing. You know? Enjoy these things, right? Because, you know, <laughs> what else are you going to do? You feel me? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, how what you might want to equate it to. Uh, which is a tough one. You know? It's definitely a tough one. Um, because there's stuff like, you know, Mosquito State, which it was a more kind of subdued affair, but that storyline, it did seem like it was a little bit more and you could at least kind of get more into the characters. Uh, so, I mean, the, 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 the kind of a bit of randomness might be more in a cane to random acts of violence, but eh, not quite, 
Not quite. Listen, if you're into your vampire affair, and, you know, you're always looking for people to try a little something different, you know what I mean? Try a little something different. Then I would say, you know, this could very well be the film for you, you know? And people, it hits Shudder this Thursday on the 4th of November. So, uh, yeah, it's there. If you got the platform, if you haven't, go go over, check it, get yourself a, I think they're doing a five-day trial. Might be a seven-day trial. Who knows? But, yeah, dead and beautiful, you know? Is it cold or is the shiny enough? I mean, that's up for you to. Alright, people, and next we have a new piece up on Netflix. It is Hypnotic. Alright, people, so we have a um a new film on Netflix and huh, it's a little creepy, it's a little kooky, right? It's called Hypnotic. Yes, it's about uh yeah, someone getting hypnotized. I think it's kind of answering that worst-case scenario, that deep-rooted fear a lot of people have with the notion of being put under. You know what I mean? So it is directed by Matt Angel and Susan Cote. Cote? Yeah, I think that's right. It's written by Richard Ovidio. Uh, produced by Michael J. Lalesi. Uh, cinematography is John S. Stanley. It's edited by Brian Allberg. Music is Nathan Matthew David. Um, and oh my gosh! Feel like a sneeze coming on. You feel me? Ah. Our cast, we have Kate Siegel, who's playing Jen Thompson. Um, then we have her uh, like best friend, Amy, who's played by Jesse Frazier. Um, we have Amy's husband, Scott, who's played by Luke Rodriguez. Um... We then have Brian, an ex of Jen's, who's played by Jamie M. Kalikaka. Um, and we have got Dr. Colin Mead, who's played by Jason O'Mara. Yes. Detective Wade Rowlings, who's played by Jew Hill. Uh, we've got Gina Kelman, 
played by Lucy Guest. Um, Tabby, who's played by Devlin Dalton. All right. Um, you have Andrea Bowen, who's played by Stephanie Cudmore. Yeah, that's, that's our main uh, group of peoples. And the, the gist of the film is this. A young woman seeking self-improvement enlists the help of a renowned hypnotherapist. But after a handful of intense sessions, she discovers unexpected and deadly consequences. So I think it, it opens up, right? We've got a, a security guard looking at cameras. She gets a call. It's told, hey, you go do your rounds. I'll come down and cover you. Right, so we think it's very, you know, seems sedate, nothing crazy. But we then have a woman looking very frantic. She's in an office and she's calling the police, right? Being like, oh, I think someone's watching me. I need help. I think, oh, yeah, something's going on. And, you know, she shows she's waiting for the police to come back to her. And it, instead of just waiting, right? So she she gets up, obviously, and goes to leave. And you're expecting something crazy to happen at that moment in time, but it doesn't. And we see her get into a lift. And as she's, you know, going in the lift, like just before, right? The lift doors are opening, you think, oh, someone's going to grab her. Or just before the lift doors are going to shut, you think someone's going to stick their hand in and get her. Nothing, nothing. So she's in the lift, she's going down. And then she gets a phone call. And that's when the craziness starts to happen. Right? But here's the thing. I feel from the name of the film... You understand that what we're seeing probably isn't what we're seeing. You know what I mean? Like, which is a bit of a shame. Because I get it. Right? It's a nice little way to throw people off. But you've called the film hypnotic. So it's hard to come out the gate like that and think, oh, people could be fooled by this thing. Because, yeah, it's not, it's just not going to work. Which, yeah, as I said, look, it is a shame. It is a shame because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely all about that shit. You know what I mean? Something a little bit different, something a little interesting, you know? That, that that's always it's like always a good look, right? But uh yeah, not quite as convincing as maybe they want it to be. But hey ho, what can you do? What can you do? Right? What can you do? Now we then get on to Jen. Um 
yeah, we, we have a, like, speaking with Amy and all of this, and then she turns up to a party. Right, turns up to a party, and we get this whole, oh, Brian's here too. And it's this whole kind of thing, and you're wondering what's going on. Now, I do feel what it was weird about this was Amy and Scott, the interplay between Amy and Scott in this kind of thing, like, oh, he fucked up, and oh, it's all he, and you're like, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Right, it's kind of dumb when you then find out what the actual situation was. You know what I mean? Because I mean, everything's getting played like, oh, it's this big. But then when you find out what actually happened, you're like, all right, okay. You know what I mean? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really, yeah, that doesn't throw me. I'm not like, ooh. So it's just like, all right, boom. So, yeah, the film kind of moves on. And Amy is pressuring Jen to go use a hypnotherapist. Now, the hypnotherapist was at the party. And how to get, like, that's weird. Right? That's weird. Then the way he's, you should see me. You should see me. You should, like, you're doing like, all right, it's kind of weird. So you just think weird, 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 weird. Which, again, I don't know, right, if that's necessarily the way to play it, because, you know, I don't think you want everyone just straight out the gate, like, oh, the hypnotherapist, you know what I mean? But, yeah, now things happen. And I, I will say, right, going between the sessions and being under and all of that, it is kind of played pretty well, right? So knowing what's the session and what isn't and all of this, like flipping around like that. Yeah, I feel they kind of handled that pretty decent. Pretty decent. Now, <laughs> there are these huge huge leaps that you have to take, right, to believe that some of this could actually happen. You know, it is a bit of an ask. And then we do get that thing, right, where you have all this craziness happening, but only one person figures it out. Right, and then they find one cop who's the only cop that believe, and you're like, I mean, <laughs> really, like, where is this what really we're doing this? But again, it's not too bad, right? It, it, it's not too bad, and I did. I will say, there is a moment towards the end when. Like, uh, this thing happens, and this big showdown, and you'd be like, hey, in that state, you can't tell me that. And I I did like the fact that they didn't do that, right? I, I did like the fact that, yeah, they didn't play it like that in the end. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And I think... The end isn't 
too bad to some extent, but they do kind of wrap it up too nicely, right? Too easy, too safe, right? It's just this suddenly, ugh, and you say, yeah, you're just like, ah, come on, man, come on, you know, because I think with this thing that she's trying to get over, to then have it, ah, oh, this this crazy thing, this real hurdle, to then where she is at the end, over really not much time, and you'd be like, I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd like, I don't know, because it seems like you didn't cover that shit, you know what I mean? So if you didn't cover that shit, then how you be, you know? That's my thing, right? Yeah, there's these, these weird jumps, these weird kind of things. And there are some stuff, there's stuff in the film, right, that we're meant to suddenly believe as well, right? It's like, I was watching you. And like all of this kind of thing, it'd be like, all right, but aren't you working? Like how, so we're, we're to believe that you, are you following or did you know that did you assume they were doing this thing it was just like uh right so we're believing that all of this stuff and you know yes the 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 twist in the police officer's house was yeah that was fun but again it's like oh man that's a stretch <laughs> that's a that is a stretch you know for that Come on, man. So, yeah, there, there, there's these things that are going down, and it's all a little, it is a little far-fetched, right? Especially the Inception part. <laughs> Especially the Inception part. You're like, <laughs> Now, so, I would say, hypnotic if you can separate yourself from reality right if that you find that easy to do and you can just watch it for the goofy shit that it is then you'll enjoy it right it's okay but if you're that motherfucker that when you watch something you're just instantly thinking like yo okay but if they do that, then how would they do that? And, huh, wait, they said this, but then further earlier on, didn't they say that? Right? If you're that fucker, then, yeah, you're going to have problems with this, for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think... If you enjoyed, uh, good, there was a film recently, um, which I believe we did talk about, um, Intrusion, right? If you enjoyed that, then I think you might enjoy this, right? I think this might be your bag. Um, you know, like, yeah, if you, if you like that crazy shit, you know what I mean? Then, ah. I, I, I think this would definitely talk to you. There was that TV series, I feel, 
um, that kind of dealt with um, some therapy and an affair and all of this shit, right? I, I think that was um, the case, right? And uh, yeah, I, I think that probably, you know, speaks to it. So, you know, depending on what you like, people, hypnotic may very well be the uh, be the thing for you. But it is on Netflix. So, yeah, if you think that you want a little therapy session, then mosey on across. All right. And let's end this with our last film where we look at the new Zack Schneider, the prequel, right, to Army of Dead. This one is... Thieves of Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves, people. All right, people. So it is now out, right? So, you know, earlier in the year, we had Army of Darkness, Zack Snyder bringing his zombie magic to Netflix. And you know, they were, I feel there was a lot of the film that definitely worked. The emotional, right? Those intimate moments didn't work, right? For me anyway. But, man, that zombie tiger was sick. The zombies looked great. You know, I mean, all those effects were, whew, they were superb. They were superb. And the action scenes, man, they, they worked. But, um, yeah, it was a success. You know what I mean? It was a big success. And then came word, not that long after, that we were going to get a prequel. Yes. Army of Thieves. And you're like, hmm. Okay. How is that going to work? And they were going to follow Detour. Dita. Um, and you're just like, hmm, all right, I mean, I don't know. Then when you started to see some of the other people, some of the other actors and actresses, you're like, all right, I mean, I can give it a go, right? We'll see what happens. But yeah, now we know, right? So as mentioned, it is directed and stars Matthias Schwalawehulfer. Ooh, I don't think I did that one right, but hey-ho. Um, now, the story is by Zack Snyder and Shay Hatton, and Shay writes the screenplay. Okay, so um, it's produced by um, Snyder, Deborah Snyder, Wesley Coolier, Dan Mag. And um, uh, cinematography is Bernard Jasper, it's edited by Alexander Berner. Music is from Hans Zimmer and Steve Mazzario. Right? Um, yeah, hit Netflix on Friday, people. Hit Netflix on Friday. So I thought I'd give it a little uh. 
give it a little whirl. So, um, cast, we have, as I said, he plays um, Ludwig Detour, but actually, in this one, hmm, eh, you can find out. Um, we've got Natalie Emmanuel as a Gwendolyn star. We have a Ruby O'Fay as Karina Dominguez. Stuart Martin is K Brad Cage. Gaz Khan is Rolf. And that, that's basically it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, we have Jonathan Cohen as uh, Detective Delacroix. Have um, Nomi Naki as his second in command, Beatrix. Um, Hans Wagner is played by Christian Steyer. Uh, who else do we have? Um, Newark. Um, so Tom CM. Is played by Andreas Newark. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, yeah, supposedly there's an Amy Huck, if that means anything. Um, uh, P Peter Simulschek. Uh, and we also do uh, get a little throw to Dave Batista and Anna Della Roggia. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of it, really. So the gist of the film, people. So, um, do, 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 do. ditching the undead. Army of Thieves puts a modern spin on classic heist films with a European flair and an unlikely love story. Army of Thieves chronicles the harrowing adventures that transform Dieter from a sheepish German bank teller named Sab into the badass safecracker who became a fan favorite character in Army of Dead. I don't know if badass is the word, you know what I mean, for the, the detour character, but um, okay, we can go with that. So, uh, yeah, it was, how's this going to work, right? What, what was happening? And we open up with detour, um, he's doing a vlog, right? He does a, a vlog online, um, which no one, <laughs> no one is paying attention to, which, um, you know, I, I feel it is something that happens, right? When you first start off, people, no one's listening, right? But you do it for the love, and that's what he's doing. He's doing it for the love of. Uh, but it's all about 
safes, right? Safes. And he talks about um, Hans Wagner and his creation of these epic safes, all based upon the ring cycle, which I've always heard things about, but it's crazy long. Um, and I think you see it in two parts. Uh, so I've not got round to uh, dipping into that one yet, to be honest with you. But we, yeah, we get him creating this video. So we get this backstory, right? We have him kind of narrating. We get we see this story of the, the safe being created. But then that's when we we kind of shoot and we see him. And it's like, oh, he's shooting this blog, right? So it's like, ah, okay, interesting. Then we see him do his normal day, right? Get up, make a coffee, um, go to a coffee shop, buy a muffin. You know, it's his set routine, which he goes and he's a bank teller and he hates it, hates it. He finds it boring, dull, but he finishes work, goes home. That's his existence, that's until one day, one day, gets a notification on his phone. Someone has watched a video, yeah? And left a comment, right? Which is huge, huge. And, and you know, he reads comment and it's like, oh, meet us. Do you wanna put your skills to the test? So it's like, meet at this address and we see him go and try and do his thing right and then so it's this and i you know this is at the very beginning of the film so he just has to do this kind of exam right and that gets him recruited and into this team and i will say right it's not a bad film it's not a bad film it is enjoyable there are some zombie references, right? There's a, like, oh, well, you know that thing that's going on in America? You know, they, they, we get that. Um, then we see a news report. And after watching the news report, he starts to have bad dreams, right? He starts to have these bad dreams about zombies. So that's kind of our zombie fix and they go throughout there's a bit like well you know the world's going a bit crazy I mean, so there's these references but that's kind of it and to be honest with you I kind of feel that if they'd even scrapped those it might have just been like yo cool you know what I mean? Because I do feel they sometimes detract a little, just a little. That's me being nitpicky, to be honest with you people. Because, yeah, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. I think it's probably more consistent than Army, you know? Um, now, it does have its faults. <laughs> like this exam thing he goes to. Everyone is super cool, 
like super cool in this spot. And you just be like, all right, come on now. Yes, you could get some cool people, maybe. But then think like this is a nerdy subject. It's not a cool subject. I, I And I say that in just the context of when you think about how many people are, are trying to do safe cracking and that kind of, you know what I mean? When you look at it like that, it's, it's, it's like the hacking world. It's not necessarily, you know, the, the uh, I say the cooler types, but you know, it's all relative. And it's just like, well, you know, there's a certain type of person that will try and do that. You know, and so look, you go to certain conventions and things like that. Some people be funky, right? I just did a, you know, I I, I was just doing my thing at a, a sci-fi convention recently. There was some unclean people was up in that spot, man. Some of the people coming buying tickets, and you'd be like, Oh, please move away soon. Please move away soon. You funk. You really do, son. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just the dudes. Yeah. It's always a little sad when it's just a girl. And you'd be like, oh, kid, what are you doing, man? And don't get me wrong. It's, you know what I mean? It, it, like you, a dude that smells is not great. But you just feel a little bit sadder for the girl. Right, because you just think ah, she's gonna get judged more for that. Ah, oh, man, she's gonna get judged more for that. Now, she's still gonna, she can still get it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, there's gonna be people to be like, hey, I don't care. I'm still gonna lay it down. So there is that where the dude he ain't getting it regardless. But you know, with the funk, that ain't helping. You know what I mean? But anyway, I digest. No, I digress. I digress. <laughs> oh, shit. But um, yeah, I, I'd be like, yo, sprinkle some different peoples up in this spot, man. Don't try and play it like it's this big, you know what I mean? It's this thing. Let, let's, let's mix it up a little. Come on. Come on. And the, the and the funny thing is as well, like the narration during this part is because this is where you know he he sees Gwen, and he's like, oh, and I noticed she was the one smiling, and you're just like, everyone in the room is smiling. There was a girl that shouts out, "I love you," you know what I mean? Everyone's smiling, cheering, waving. So, like. It, I feel you need to change that language if that's how you're doing that scene, right? If everyone else, you you could have been, even though everyone's cheering in the room, the only person's smile that resonated with me, boom, like that makes more sense to how it plays, right? But we we have him do this thing. Now, also, what is interesting, right, so when he turns up at the spot, right, he's like, oh, we're doing some, you know what I mean, 
underhanded, crooked shit. This be some spy shit. Like we we being crooks. You know, and he's kind of referencing films and doing all of this, right? Which you think, okay, yeah, no, that works because obviously he would have watched spy films, heist films, you know, maybe a Thomas Crown affair, maybe the score, color of like just you know, oceans, just whatever. He he he's gonna have seen something, right? So cool, that's good. But then later in the film, right, during moments where you'd be like, hey, we've got this many seconds to go and do the thing, then you get certain things happening and you're just like, what, what the fuck? Like, this makes no sense. Or at least reference, you know, because you're just saying, oh, you've got awful timing, that's not good enough, right? It doesn't necessarily work. So you have that. Also, also, you kind of feel no one's playing music and drawing attention to themselves. You know? You know. Right? So that was kind of like, yo, what we what are we doing, man? This is kind of silly, right? This is silly. So I don't hear that and come and boom, boom, boom. But anyway, right? So we, we get this story and it's flowing. Now, I would say it is predictable in play. Like, you know what's going to happen, which doesn't matter too much because this is just fun action. You know what I mean? So even though you, you predict every beat, essentially, you are kind of like, I, you know what, I'm down. I'm down for the ride. I'll, I'll enjoy this shit. It's cool. It is cool. Right? Now, there is another bone of contention I do have. Because, as I said, look, we, we see his routine. He does nothing other than work and record his videos. Right? So, you kind of feel, firstly, he's buying a muffin every day. And even though it's banana and bran, that ain't healthy. You know what I mean? That, now, eating one, like, you it's not like you're going to get obese. But if you're eating that shit every day, you know, and you think, what else is he eating? And he's not working out, right? Never reference to working out. They they see, he, he sees a guy that does work out, and he's just like, whoa, you know? So then, later in the film, when we see him do certain things, you'd be like, all right, a dude that, or anyone that doesn't work out ain't going to be doing that shit. Right, you ain't gonna be doing that shit, and it's visually what's funny, right? We see him do certain things at one point, and then we see him throw a punch at another, and both are a, 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 a crazy contrast to the other. And you'd be like, Well, the second don't make sense if we see him do the first, you know what I mean? So, I that was a little oh, uh, also. If someone 
offers you something and you know being in the predicament as i said look he has no friends doesn't go out doesn't do so you can't tell me that when this first offer gets thrown his way he's gonna be all how he be right there's that you're just like what no <laughs> no that that's just some silliness that's some silliness so yeah the unlikely love story element of this is just insane it is insane and you just roll your eyes you're just like okay <laughs> if you want us to believe this shit all right oh man like it could have worked with more time or just you know they just found a better way to tell that part of the story but as i said it is just one of those things that you do find yourself just being like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. I don't care. All right, let's just watch this film. Because, yeah, it, it's, it's a silly, fun action film. There's shit, there's shit that doesn't make sense. Like the actions of a certain couple of poor people after a thing because you're thinking... Well, they did just drive off with bags and bags and bags, right? So why would they? You know what I mean? It's just like, you ain't doing that. We've seen they wouldn't be so... Uh, but it is what it is. Now, they do tie it. They do tie it into ARMY at the end, which, you know... It's not like it's this crazy scene, but, you know, as I said, look, it does serve to bridge that gap, right? So you're fine with it. You're like, all right, let's go with it. This is cool. We, we can be cool with this. So, yeah, you know, as I said, look, overall, it's silly fun. It's silly fun, right? I'd say definitely if you enjoyed ARMY, you're going to dig it. If you enjoyed um, Fast and the Furious, you know, you like that franchise, you're going to dig it, right? We have some car chases and other chases. So there's action galore. It is very stylish. It's very stylish. You know what I mean? Just from clothing, the wardrobes, and then... Just like the way they cut it and shot it. Now, it's definitely, even though um directs, you can definitely see those Zack Snyder influences in the film. So it doesn't feel um, completely foreign from Army as a piece. You know what I mean? They do feel like there is a connection between the two with the way certain stuff is projected to you. you know, so that's fine, right? That it, it works like that. You know, it's um, yeah, it's, it's not groundbreaking, 
But if you want something easy, you know what I mean? You want something easy and be like, I I don't have to think about this. All right, let's go. Then, hey, Thieves works. Army of Thieves works, people. So, um, yeah, you want a little heist with a sprinkle, sprinkle of zombie, then that might be your thing. Head over to Netflix, people. Okay, people, so we have hit that time. We're coming to the end of another episode, but before we bounce, let us uh, take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. All right, so all of those, yeah, people that love the first Paw Patrol movie, <laughs> I imagine it's the kids right um hey no judgment right if, if you're an adult and you dug it hey it's all good but you will be pleased to know right mark it down on the calendar because the 13th of october 2023 is when the sequel comes out so um who knows what that will be called poor patrol puppies got older you know what I mean? <laughs> Paw Patrol 2? Those dogs be wagging them tails? <laughs> Paw Patrol 2, puppy to dog. <laughs> or Paw Patrol 2, someone's getting muted. <laughs> But yeah, people, that's coming. Now, a crazy one, right? So word is, we are getting a third bon, bon, Boondock Saints film, right? Um, Yeah, you know, Tom Troy Duffy is um, getting back with Norman Rebus and Sean Patrick Flannery, right? for uh, another tale you know um yeah duffy don comedy sean reddick and yvette yates reddick are producing and um duffy and flannery are writing the script with a little input from readers right no word on what the hell's happening with it Right. Um, and to be honest, I haven't even seen the sequel. Right. But I love the original. The original is great. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm going to have to check out. Actually, I'm just going to start from the beginning because I haven't watched the original for a long time. And I love that film. That was great. Hopefully it stands up, you know. Um, all right, so something else is interesting. Now, I must have missed this, but uh, supposedly Bradley Cooper had the rights to Dan Simmons' Hyperion, you know, which is a very interesting book. 
So the idea was to have, um, a, you know, turn it into a, a, a TV series, like a limited event series, as it were. Now, there's four books in this series, so hey, there's a lot of content to cover. Uh, but, that, that, you know, the TV situation kind of uh, fell apart. It was originally at Universal, so um, that didn't work. But now it's at Warner Brothers, um, and, yeah, they're looking to turn it into a film, Right. It is a heavy book, man. It is big. It's big. It's dark. Very fucking dark. So I'm curious, right, to see how they do this. If they, you know, if it does actually happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what goes down with that one. Um, Now... I thought they'd already done a live-action Snow White film, but no, the House of Mouse. Hey, they're look, they're doing a, a Snow White film, right? So Rachel Zegler is gonna be um, playing old Snowy White, and it looks like Gail Gadot could be the evil queen. Mm-hmm. Right, it's being directed by Mark Webb, so definitely good hands behind the camera, right? Um, and Mark Platt is producing the film, so uh, I don't know, man. We will, we will see. And you know what? They did the Huntsman. That might be what I'm thinking of. And Melissa, Melissa. Maleficent, right? So maybe then, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking about, but I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter because that's coming, right? (laughs) So, um, Mel Gibson has a new film coming, right? It is called Boys of Summer, and he's co starring with Mason Thames, right? It's a fantasy film. Right, um, directed by David Herney, uh, with a script by Cornelius Yulano and Brian Schultz. Right, the story follows a local boy who, after his best friend mysteriously disappears, begins to, su- to suspect that a supernatural entity may be hunting the children of Martha's vineyard. He seeks the help of an aging detective with the two soon discovering they are on the path of a witch who has recently retired to their island. (laughs) So, yes, there we go with that one. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we also have another new film called a butcher's crossing and this is another nicholas cage vehicle right um he's gonna be starring in it with uh fred henchinger right um it's a western right based on the 1960 novel by john williams Right, so um, 
Cage is playing Gabe Polsky and Hedginger is playing William Andrews, a naive Harvard student who heads west in 1874 to fulfill his dream of seeing the country and living off the land. He agrees to fund a dangerous but potentially lucrative expedition to Colorado led by uh, yeah, Cage's character. Um, yeah, you know, um, an experienced hunter obsessed with a near mythological buffalo herd he once glimpsed in the Rockies. As the weeks and then months pass, Miller's single-minded resolve to slaughter every buffalo in the enormous herd puts Will and the rest of the hunting party at risk of losing their sanity and lives. And my apologies, I got it mixed up. Gabe Polisky is directing the film. He, he's not the character Nicholas Cage will be playing. Okay. Uh, okay, some other news. Sabian Films, right? They just picked up the rights to Kay Asher Levin's new film called Dig. It's starring Thomas Jane, Harlow Jane, Emily Hirsch and Liana Liberto. Um, yeah, it's written by Banapal Albakahad and Benhur Albakahad. Right, uh, it follows a widowed father who is contracted for home contracted for home demolition. And when he and his daughter arrive at the construction site, they are soon taken hostage by a dangerous couple who will stop at nothing to retrieve what lies beneath the property. Okay. Um, also, we, you know, if you were waiting, well, looking forward to, let's say, because it is dropping next year, to the new universal sci-fi feature, Distant. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because instead of dropping on the 11th of March, it is now being pushed back to the 16th of September, right? So um, the film is um, about an asteroid miner who crash lands on an alien planet and must make his way across the harsh terrain. Okay, so it stars Anthony Ramos, Zachary Quinto, and Naomi Scott. Uh, another film to keep on your radar, people. Well, I mean, it probably still it is, already is on your radar. Is this Argyle, right? The new spy film from Matthew Vaughn, which will be dropping on Apple Plus, right? Um, and it is based on a book by Ellie Conway, which I don't believe the book is quite out yet. Right, so from what I remember, this was like someone picked up an early copy, loved it so much, bought the rights, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Um, and it's meant to be one of the best spy stories that you know people have read in a long last time. So we will see. Right? 
So, um, Jason Fuchs has adapted the novel for the screen, and the story follows the world's greatest spy on a globe-trotting adventure. Well, people, um, already the cast is Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson, Arena DeBoose, Dupa Lupa, and now Rob Delaney. You know what I mean? That's a great cast, people. You know what I mean? Boy. All right. And more news. Right. So when I saw a film coming called Bros, I was like, yo, they had a documentary and now they're making a film? Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, it's not about the 80s pop duo, you know, <laughs> this is something different coming from Universal Pictures, right? <laughs> oh man, it's meant to be a smart, swoony and heartfelt comedy about two gay men, um, maybe, possibly, probably stumbling towards love, maybe. They both, they're both very busy. Um, I mean, that's not the best copy, right? Um, so the film is going to be starring Bowen Yang, Harvey Feinstein, and um, it's directed by Billy Ishnu, right? So, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're saying that a big push on this film is that it's a cast comprised of exclusively out LGBTQ plus actors and actresses. And it's dropping in August 2022. All right. Um, and people, uh, Claire Dennis has a new film coming called The Stars at Noon. This will be from A24, right? Um, and, you know, uh, Dennis co-wrote the script with Lee Missius and Andrew Litvak, right? So it's based on a book by Dennis Johnson, and it is set in 1984 during the Nicky revolution and follows a mysterious English businessman and headstrong American journalist who strike up a passionate romance amid a dangerous labyrinth of lies and conspiracies. All right. So, um, yeah, Joe Alwyn is going to be um, starring with Margaret Whaley. So, um, yeah, there you go with that one, right? Um, now, if you are a fan of those broken lizard loons, well, you will be pleased to hear that they have a new feature coming through Searchlight Pictures, and it's called Quasi. Right at first, I was like, What was that? Quasi, quasi. And then, once I realized it's a play on the Hunchback of Notre Dame, makes a lot of sense. Quasimodo, right? Quasi. Um, 
So, yeah, it follows old Quasimodo, who wants love and finds himself in the middle of a feud between the Pope and the King of France, both of whom demand the he killed the other. Right? So it's being directed by Kevin Hefferman. Um, and um, he co-writes it with Steve Lemieux. Uh, yeah. So Jay Chandeshkar, Paul Stuter, Eric um Eric Stolakunch and Adrian Paluki will co-star in the feature. So um yeah, there you go. There you go. Um and it's a, a Hulu feature film, right? Which is all good because that means hey, it's coming to Disney Plus in the UK. So we get to watch that one. Uh now we also know, man, this is a jam-packed with news this week, people. Listen, we know Christopher Nolan, his new f- next film is going to be Oppenheimer, set up at Universal Pictures, right? And um, it's all, like, some of the names attached. We're like, okay, okay, right? Uh, well, we've just got another one, right? Just got another name attached to the film. So, um, yeah, along with Emily Blunt, right, we're going to have Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. And Cillian Murphy, right? So that's not bad. (laughs) That's not bad, right? (laughs) I mean, if the film in itself wasn't just an intriguing situation, Christopher Nolan directing, and then those four motherfuckers... Boom! Yeah, you got me hooked, right? So another one, right? So they're making a film of Wicked, but not the book, the musical, right? And people probably wondering who are gonna play this. The uh, you know the um, the witches. Well, wait no longer, people, because Galinda will be played by Arena Grande. And Elfa Baba is going to be played by Cynthia El, 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 Cynthia Erivo, right? Boom, 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 boom. That's not bad. You know what I mean? It's not bad, right? Um, yeah, John M. Chu is going to be directing the piece. And, uh, yeah, remember, people, it is a prequel to the wizard of oz right it's also starring um no 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 um okay yeah 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 yeah. (sighs) well i mean there we go right stephen schwartz is doing the screenplay um with Winnie Holzman and Mark Platt is producing the film. Alright, so um <laughs> the news goes on people because right um we know Zack Snyder he he's you know he's got his deal with Netflix right so we know there's gonna be 
Planet of the Dead coming. But before we get to that, we will be doing a Rebel Move, right? Um, that's the next film. And Sophia Botello, Botella even, has um, joined that cast, right? She's going to be the, the lead, you know what I mean? Which, boy, not bad, not bad. Um, the story is when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical regent, Balizarus, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. Dum, 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 dum. And Snyder, he co-writes the screenplay with Shay Hatton and Kurt Johnstad, right? Eric Newman, Deborah Schneider, Wesley Collar, and Zach himself will be producing. So, um, boy, we are, we're nearly at the end of this news, people. Don't worry. But it's all interesting, right? Um, so, right? It's funny. Certain times, in, you know, in the centuries certain films have helped reshape shit right and it looks like spider-man into the spider-verse might be one of them films because you know brian robbins and old uh alex kersman over at paramount are um you know thinking of doing an animated family movie for the Star Trek franchise. Yes. So they recently spoke to TRX, THR even, um, and talked about it, right? So they said, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is still one of the best movies over the past decade, animated or not. It's just an unbelievable piece of art history. I went with my whole family and another family, and we all sat there with our jaws on the floor. Well, I hope not, because cinema floors are kind of mucky, right? Um, ultimately, Star Trek is about family. It's about these giant universal themes, getting to tell a story like that, especially given the level of cinema we're already brought to the television show is a wonderful opportunity. It would thrill me to do that. So, mm, yeah, I don't know, man. We uh, will see what happens, right? We will see what happens. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's all open. So, um, boom, 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 right? And let's end with this because Right, we um we talked about the man. Well, we mentioned the man um over on Echoes from the Void this week when we were talking about June. But uh, you know, he's man. He, he like yeah, he directed, but he also wrote these crazy ass stories. One of which was the Incal. Right, he, he wrote in the seventies, and it was part of this big universe with the Meta Barons and the Techno Priests and such. Right, and um, 
the in-cow is gonna be coming to the big screen. Right now, you think, with such a crazy story, it needs a certain touch to it, right? So when I saw Takawa Titi is gonna be directing, oh my days, it just seemed to add up, right? It seemed to add up, right? Um, Yeah, so, and you mean, Jodinsky is still alive. He's 92. Is he still putting out material, people? But, um, yeah, he, he, he selected Watiti to helm this piece, right? Um, now, Watiti will be working with Jermaine Clement and Peter Warren on the script, right? So, um, yeah. You know, right, so let me read this little bit of copy, right? Considered one of the greatest sci-fi comic book series to ever be created, the Incal formed as the result of the work Chabrinsky and artist Morbius um, put into their adaptation of June, right? Which, as you can see, people, that's the connection, right? Which didn't make it into production. They then created this partially... Um, satirical space opera literary masterpiece about pri private investigator John Diffull in a dystopian city. He becomes a, caught up in a conspiracy involving a mystical artifact and multiple factions across the galaxy vying to obtain its power. Boom, boom, boom. Man, gotta say, I'm I am in full to see how they uh, bring this to the big screen because trust me, I've I've been reading those graphic novels and they are crazy. They are crazy people. But you know what? That is it for part one. <laughs> because part two, we bring you our June extravaganza so people head on over because we be walking with our rhythm and high on spice so people see them part two bum bum <laughs>